0: There is a tension even in the title of the conversation you're about to hear today, a tension between ministry and business, a tension between money and spiritual stuff, a tension between the mission God has called you to and the goals you set, the programs you implement. I have felt this for so long, being in a ministry or in a church setting, and today I'm finally gonna have all my questions answered or gasp Maybe I'll find some new questions and some new tension. When I saw the title of Pastor Jeff Simmons' book, I was hooked. The Business of Ministry, How to Maximize God's Resources for Kingdom Impact. Jeff says ministry and business are not mutually exclusive. In God's order, they go together. If you have lived in the tension of business and ministry, or maybe you're there right now, I want to hear from you today. This is Chris Fabry Live. Welcome to the Radio Backyard Fence. Find us online, chrisfabrylive.org. Thanks to our team behind the scenes, Ryan McConaughey doing all things technical. Trish is our producer. Gabby D. will be helping out today. Anthony will be answering your calls. One week, that's all we have left in our offer of one of the most practical, encouraging, and motivating books on prayer I think I've ever read. If you feel your prayer life is not what it could be, might be, what you want it to be, Give a gift of any size to this program to help us in January. We're going to send you a copy of a little book by Dr. Bill Thrasher, How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life, Transforming Your Prayers into a Spirit-Empowered, Life-Giving Adventure. From chapter 11, God is the sovereign master of the universe who works all things after the counsel of his will, Ephesians 1, and he has chosen to work through prayer. I don't understand that <laughs> thoroughly, but I believe it. So when you pray, you are co- cooperating with God. You are participating in the work that he is doing in the world. World. Think about that. I think this will help you. Call us, 866-95-FABRY. Give a gift of any size, 866-953-2279. Or go to chrisfabrylive.org, scroll down, you'll see how you can be a friend or partner with us. I just heard this morning in a business meeting that 56% of our monthly support comes from partners who give a gift each month. Maybe you want to be one of those. Go to chrisfabrylive.org. Thanks for your support at the Radio Backyard Fence. Quote, The business of ministry is stewarding and maximizing the assets God has entrusted to you for impacting people's lives in the name of Jesus. We have access to greater resources than ever in history, and we must learn to steward all of it well. How we handle what has been given us is important to God, ourselves, our families, our communities, and our world today, as well as to the next generations. So says Jeff Simmons, founding and senior pastor of Rolling Hills Community Church in Middle Tennessee. He's married to Lisa. They have three children. He's also the president of Justice and Mercy International. Our featured resource is The Business of Ministry. Find it at chrisfabrylive.org. Jeff, how are you doing today? Chris, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on. Tell me your story. You were a business major and then went into ministry. Tell me about that.
1: Oh yeah. Uh I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, I'm so thankful for godly parents and you know, I watched my dad. My dad was in business and I just thought that was the direction of my life. I thought I would be a Christian businessman that was always my dream, you know, to go to college and major in business. I wanted to maybe work on the Chicago stock Exchange. I really felt like, you know, I wanted to make a lot of money. I wanted to be generous. I wanted to be involved in a local church. Uh I wanted to go on mission trips and Sponsor, you know, kids. I, I really wanted to make a difference. I felt like that there was a the direction of my life. And I saw my dad do that really well and his friends. And they were. And so I went to college. I majored in finance. And then when I graduated, uh, all my interviews were in business. And I was interviewing in St. Louis with a major uh, Fortune 50 company. And interviews went great the whole day. I came back to my hotel that night, Chris. And I got to tell you, I couldn't sleep. I got down on my knees. I was like, "God, what is it?" And and I felt like the Lord just really spoke to me and said, "I've called you to ministry." And I was like, "What does that mean?" You know, like I, I felt like this was the direction. You know, and 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 God was like, "Uh, "No, I've called you to be in full time ministry. You know, vocational ministry." So I had a real wrestling with God, and uh, I went to the interview the next day and said, "Guys, thanks for having me, Um, but I don't feel like this is where I'm supposed to be." One of my best friends took the job. He's uh, doing really well in business. and But I came back uh, and I took a job with a local bank. And then a church called me uh, just the next week and said, Hey, we a ministry. And when I walked in on that Wednesday night and saw these kids, I was like, this is what God's called me to do. And I've loved it. Just loved it.
0: You're right. When God first called me into ministry, what surprised me most was how much business was involved in the work. <laughs> My first month at the church was during budget season. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So here I am, at, you know, out of college, first ministry job. And, you know, so it was budget time and everybody on all the other staff members were, you know, kind of going crazy. They're like, oh, this is the worst time. I'm spending all this time on numbers. I'm not a numbers person. And, I, and to me, it was natural. It's like, OK, you know, we got our revenues. What are our expenses? And we're laying all this out. You're budgeting. But what I realized then uh, after, you know, going through that process, then went to seminary and as seminary, they don't teach you this. You know, they, we don't have any classes on business. Uh, and then when you're in the ministry world and whether you're at, you know, Christian radio or broadcast, or whether you're pastoring a church or whether you're doing missions, there's a lot of business to do. And I realized that God was equipping me even back in college with a business degree and you use it a lot. I mean, budgets and organization and delegation. And so Went on and on and on. But, yeah, I was very thankful for that business
0: education. You know, one of the uh, the banks that you went to to get a loan, you know, the, the business plan or there was a, a vision for uh, expansion, and they said most churches that come in here and want a loan <laughs> do it on the back of a napkin, you know, and you guys had, had done it up. <laughs> When God called us to play at the church, Chris, you
1: know, I, uh, here I was, I did student ministry uh, for about 10 years and then we stepped out and we had 15 people met in an apartment clubhouse and then God started moving and working and we went to, to a bank to get the loan out for a new building. And that was a total God story, miracle after miracle. But we walked in and, and we had this whole pro formas we were looking at, you know, here's the cost analysis. Mm-hmm. And they started laughing. They go, well, churches just don't do this. You know, they come in, like I said, on the back of a napkin. And so it was, it really kind of gave us an in with the banks. And we have some people now at church who were a part of that met them at the bank and they started coming to church. They said, we want to be a church. That's well-organized. We want a church that maximizes the kingdom assets and resources. And we know our tithe money is going to be used well. So I do think it matters. You know, I think as Christians, uh, we trust God is the only one who could change a heart. Also given us the ability to use the resources and the disciplines in the culture we live in, in a way to maximize the resources for the glory of God.
0: And that's a good synopsis of what Jeff has written in the business of ministry how to maximize God's resources for kingdom impact. You can find it at the website chrisfabrylive.org. And I wonder if there's anybody right in the middle of this right now. and because you may be listening and you're going through a budget process here at the beginning <laughs> of the year, or you're trying to, as a as a pastor, trying to figure out, okay, where do we go from here? We've been in a school for a long time. We're trying to find a a build a property where we could build or buy a building? What is the tension that you feel in the business of ministry where you are? 877-548-3675. More with Pastor Simmons straight ahead on Moody Radio. Simmons is with us today at the Radio Backyard Fence. You can find out more about him at chrisfabrylive.org. The Business of Ministry is our featured resource there. And I found this quote to be really enlightening. There will always be tension between faith and business. Every year we have this debate in our annual budget meeting. On one side, we have the people who say, we need to step out in faith, initiate some new programs and hire new staff. Let's just trust the Lord to provide. Yet on the other side, we have people who say we need to be wise about how much we increase the budget. We need to study past performance, future projections, and the economic climate of how to use the money God has entrusted to us. What is the answer? Do you budget on faith or on business projections? We're going to get Jeff to answer that question. And I I know of a ministry where the leader of the ministry said, look, if we, if people send money for us, we're going to max We're going to use all of that for every, you know, right now, right here, we're going to uh, uh, do as much ministry as we possibly can right here with what we're given. So at the end of the fiscal year, you know, we spend it all and we start again. And somebody on the board said, wait a minute, time out. Hang on a minute. you, you don't you don't run your house that way. I hope <laughs> you you do this. You do your due diligence, and you you budget, and you have uh, something to fall back on if things don't go as you thought they were going to. So you don't presume. So uh, Ryan, did you say he's there on the? Okay, good. All right. So what is the answer, Jeff? I just read this long quote. Do you budget on faith or on business projections?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, And I think that's the thing that we all struggle with, right? We trust that God's going to provide. So there is always this element of faith. God is sovereign over it all. But he also gave us a mind. He gave us brains for a reason, and he wants us to be good stewards. He wants us to be wise. I mean, you got the parable of the talents, you know, and, and so we can either bury that or we can put it to work. And so I think when you look at a budget, you do. You go, okay, I want to use the, the wisdom God's given me, but I also want to put some faith in there. You know, I, I don't want to just conform to the pattern of the world and just go with budget numbers, but what what is that element of faith that God's calling me to stretch, to trust? So there is a tension that we have when we do the budgets for our church, for our personal lives, uh, for our families. I think that's so important for us to know.
0: What I'm getting from your book and hearing your story is— this is about responsibility before God to steward well and with integrity what we've been given, entrusted with, and not to call it good because it's church work. <laughs> you know, that's good yeah. enough for church work. So to right. do all of that, not on the back of a napkin, but to do it well for His glory, our good, and then the outreach, uh, how and how people's lives can change. Am I catching it?
2: You're catching it, Chris. I mean, that's it. I mean, God has entrusted us with the greatest work of all, right? And, and and you have the opportunity to impact the kingdom. You have the opportunity to impact generations for the glory of God. And so for us, we ought to be given our best. You know, Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest. And, and I think sometimes what can happen is we go to church and we're like, yeah, that's good enough, right? Or, man, I've really, I really worked hard this week at my job, you know, I worked hard in school. And I gave my best there. So it's almost like God gets our leftovers. And none of us want to do that. All of us want to give our best to God. But God's church, the bride of Christ, we ought to be doing it better than anybody. There ought to be businesses and schools and, you know, everybody coming to us and saying, how are you doing this? You know, <laughs> Because we want to run things that well. I think that's the early church. I mean, though, you look at the early church and there was a movement of God happening. Now they were organized you go to Acts chapter six, right? And they you know, the apostles didn't have time to do everything, and so they called out men full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit and, and turned over um, the waiting on tables to them. And so they were organized, and then, but they still stewarded things well. I mean, man, God with Ananias and Sapphira, you know, or you think about Barnabas coming and laying down, selling a field, bringing all the money to the church. So I, I think you see that, and that's where the Spirit of God is moving uh, in the church and why it's so important for us today.
0: You know, and I I agree with everything you've said, and I agree with everything that I've read that you have written, but I still have this problem. (laughs) And I think, and I think the major problem that I have is, and, and I've seen it happen over the last few decades, and that is if something works in the culture, if something works in the business world, then we will look to all right, how do we bring that over here and how do we make it? fit into what we're doing so that we kind of put this template over the church and uh discipleship and and spirituality uh we 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 ask the question does it work and if it does then it's good then it's successful and i i think the early church uh, you know, it worked, obviously, because here they were, just a handful of people, or not very many people at all, and they turned the world upside down. But it wasn't because of some business practice that that they brought in. They didn't bring a strategist in and tell them, well, here's what you have to do with your app and all of that. It was this move of God. So respond to that. Do you see the same thing?
2: Yeah, I totally see the same thing. Now, I think we can learn, right? I mean, truth is truth. Now, the message always stays the same. I mean, it's all Jesus. Jesus is the foundation of it all. I mean, when I was in a Bible study this morning with a bunch of men from church, and we were talking Galatians chapter 1. And, you know, you come back to Christ and Christ Jesus alone. Uh, but there are things that we learn. I mean, we don't do the church the same way they did 500 years ago or 1,000 years ago. We're in a different time. We're in a different culture. So how do we do church today? And that early church grew, right? I mean, they started out 120 believers, you know, in Acts chapter 1 and 2. And then it obviously the Lord adds to their number daily, those who are being saved, 3,000. So we're not talking small church. It went from 3,000 to 5,000, 20,000, and began to, to sweep over. And so it was important for them to be good stewards. It was important for them to be organized and to take care of widows and people in distress and then doing mission trips, I mean, sending out Paul and Barnabas and, you know, the whole movement that happened. So I think that is important. But in our day, in our time, how do we reach this culture, right? I mean, the disciples never thought about, hey, I'm going to use the Internet to share the gospel on mission, you know, but we need to. I mean, every church, we realize during COVID, we got to go online. You know, we, we need to have an online presence. Uh, and so more and more, how do we take what's happening in our world – not compromise the message in any type of way. It's only Jesus who changes a heart and changes a life. And it's only Jesus who will be the fuel for the church. You know, he is the foundation. Uh, It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in people's lives. Uh, But for us, too, in our day, our time, and our culture, how do we present Christ and share Christ and impact people's lives? What can we learn from what's happening out there and how people respond? So I think it's a both and on some of that. Yeah, does that
0: make sense? I, it does, and and I'm catching your heart. It all it all comes back to him. But I still struggle with okay, moving the business into the church. I also struggle with how do you because you're talking about making you need to make a kingdom impact. You want to you want to mm-hmm. use mm-hmm. everything, leverage it for the kingdom as much as you can to reach as many as you can. But um, there were missionaries years and years ago who went over and you know took their coffin with them basically because they didn't know whether they were coming back or not. They put all their stuff in there and and had very little response while they were there. And I'm thinking, so you didn't make much of a kingdom impact. Now you go down the 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 centuries (laughs) you go into decades and you see there was a legacy that was left. God was at work, but if you only look at what happened in that person's lifetime, you can get really discouraged. So, who gets to quantify the kingdom impact?
2: Amen. You're exactly right. We just have to be faithful to what we're given. And maybe that is, you know, one person that you're, that's your call, you know, um, and that's, that's perfectly great. I mean, God's going to honor that. I mean, the person who led Billy Graham to Christ, right? I mean, you would never know. He just, just being faithful as a Sunday school teacher and leads Billy Graham, who impacts, you know, millions and millions of people. So you have to be faithful where you are. But you also have to continue to grow and learn and use what God's entrusted to you. You know, I think we're going to be judged. I mean, we're the wealthiest nation that's ever existed in history, the United States. And 90% of all Christian resources are in the United States. So we can either sit around and we can be fat and happy and have, you know, our group of 10 or 12, and, and that we're, we're perfectly content in ourselves, but we're also going to be held accountable for that. I mean, we don't just build bigger houses and get, you know, refurbish our house over and over again and, uh, you know, go to every sporting event. It's fine to have fun sometimes, but if we're just doing those things for ourselves, we're missing out on using what God's entrusted to us to further His kingdom. And I think, you know, I think I like Bill Bright, right? I mean, he he has this vision. Hey, I'm going to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. I'm going to live out the Great Commission. And so what does he do, right? The Jesus film and man, over a billion people. And I, I just think every Christ follower has to, at some point, ask themselves, right, why has God entrusted me with the resources he's given me? Why do I have the education I have? Why do I have the money I have? Why do I have the influence I have? Now with social media, I could be sharing Christ in many ways. The results aren't up to us. We're we're not judging that. We're just called to be faithful, and leave the results up to God. But every one of us ought to be challenged in our faith. In every church, you know, this yes. is our time. Um, you know, they're sending missionaries from Africa to the United States now, right? Because, hmm. but that's on us as a church. We have to be the ones who are saying, "Hey, am I am I really leading people? Am I growing fully mature disciples? Am I mentoring? Am I?" You know, sharing the Word of God with others, I think that's where I get burdened by. And there's ways that we can do that more effectively.
0: I want you to give me an example. Uh, Let me reset things here. This is Chris Fabry Live, Moody Radio. Pastor Jeff Simmons is with us. If you go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org, you'll see our featured resource, The Business of Ministry, and even that title, I said, is going to create some tension in you as you listen to it. But as you hear Jeff talk about it, I think you're understanding more of what he's saying. Go to chrisfabrylive.org. Here's the number, eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. So we have about five minutes before we take a break tell give me an example of business and ministry it could be when you started the church or bought the building or, or whatever show me how this worked itself out in your life and in the church there oh
2: chris great question you know when we started the church right we had 15 people we did a bible study on thursday nights and it was great but we started to grow and so we went to the marriott hotel and talked to them about you know, leasing the ballroom on Sunday mornings, and 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 it, and it it worked. And so, by God's grace, he opened the door. We went and you know, we met there. We would do baptism in the indoor swimming pool. So after church, we'd all walk down, and people swimming there at the Marriott. Uh, but then they came to us and said, you know, hey, next week we have a Amway convention, or next week we have. And so we were praying about where to go. And so God opened the door to go to the movie theater. We met in a movie theater for five years. And then God opened the door for this warehouse in Franklin, Tennessee, the old Georgia Boot Factory. They made boots here, 146,000 square feet. I mean, but here we are, we're a young church, I and mean, we were two to 300 people, a lot of young college students, young adults. And so we have some people on our team who were wise. And like we mentioned earlier, and we went to the bank and we talked to them. But we couldn't afford the whole the whole thing, and uh, there was a Christian businessman who came, and this is where I'm so passionate about, you know, men and women in business who have those skills and those abilities, get them around you. If you're a pastor or you have committees, you know, uh, and so we talked about having leases. We didn't need all 146,000 square feet, and so we got three leases, all credit A tenants. Ended up building out the space, and then we built out our space, but there you know, monthly rent payments end up paying our entire mortgage on the building. It was only God. I mean, God just opened a door and said, look what you can do. I'm giving you this asset, this resource. And then we would try to be good stewards with that. And so now when people give, you know, their tithes, their offerings, we're able to do ministry and missions. And that's how we started Justice and Mercy International, working with orphans in Moldova, And with the, you know, pastors, I'll be leaving Saturday to do a pastor's conference in the Amazon jungle. Uh, So it's been incredible to watch God work. And these are just principles that we've learned that we're just trying to pass on to other churches and nonprofits and other lay leaders who say, hey, I want to leverage what God's given me for his glory.
0: Okay, you got to tell the story about the wheelbarrow. When you had, you know, you, you for several weeks, you know, you said, we're, we're going to see how much we can raise here on this one Sunday morning in order to use it for the down payment, right?
2: Right. Oh, Chris, I wish I wish you could have been there. I mean, it was incredible. I was, I'll never forget it. So here we are, you know, church of, you know, 300 uh, or so, 300, 400, but they're all young adults, all college students, and then young marrieds. We had, you know, kids. Uh, but on one Sunday, we said, hey, everybody, you know, God's opened the door, but we don't have a whole lot in savings, you know, so, so would you stretch? Would we, you know, dip into our retirement? We're dipping into our savings, and let's invest. I mean, we can, you know, use it for us, or we can use it to, for the furthering God's kingdom. And on that one Sunday, uh, Chris, I'll never forget, we had the wheelbarrow down front of the movie theater, and we started just saying, hey, come down if you want to give. And all the kids, our kids, they, they came in on the side first, and they brought their piggy banks. And we thought, oh, look, they're, you know, these sweet kids, they're going to you know, put some coins from their piggy bank in. Oh, no. They took their piggy banks and turned them upside down and just started dumping them into this wheelbarrow, every one of them. And, I mean, it's in the sound of those coins hitting that metal wheelbarrow reverberated through the whole theater. I mean, we're crying. We just see their faithfulness, seeing their joy. I mean, these kids are smiling. They're laughing. They're so happy. And I mean, every adult in there, we were like, take it all, God, you know, (laughs) just take it all. And we came down and and gave. And And I'll never forget they called me, or we had a finance team. Who, you
0: know, I said Okay, pastor, don't tell don't me, don't tell involved. me yet. Hang on. This is this is what they say is a tease in the business. You gotta hear how much was in that wheelbarrow, but you won't hear it until our, our next segment. Come back, you'll hear more about the business of ministry from Jeff Simmons 877-548-3675. Have you sensed this tension of business and ministry? I want to hear about it today. She was a big success. The group she sang with sold millions of albums. But about four days ago, Kaio Jones said this at a pro life rally in California I have a Grammy, but none of it will bring my children back. How do you help somebody who is still reeling from the effects of a decision made five, 10, 15, 20 years ago? Karenette is doing that through their arc. Ministry, abortion recovery and care. It's part of the pro abundant life approach that CareNet has. They want to save babies, absolutely. But they also know that the pregnant mother and the father of that child, if he's in the picture, also need help and hope and spiritual direction and discipleship. And so do the men and women who went ahead with that abortion and want to heal. If you go to chrisfabrylive.org, click the green Care Net button. They have a business plan, I'm sure, like we're talking about today. They want to be able to reach into the lives of women and men who are facing an unplanned pregnancy and to do as much this year as last or maybe more. Someone you know will need the help of CareNet. Find out more today. Go to chrisfabrylive.org and click the green CareNet button. Pastor Jeff Simmons is the author of The Business of Ministry, How to Maximize God's Resources for Kingdom Impact. So a few years ago, they had this land—not the land—they had this warehouse that they were going to buy, and it seemed like a good idea, and they just asked God, you know, how are we going to do this? They need a down payment. I think the businessman uh, gave $700,000, but there was still, you know, $6.5 to go. And so you asked your congregation. Uh, I think the median age was something like twenty-seven years old. So there's not a lot of people there, you know, who had. Uh, it's not Bill Gates is not going to the, <laughs> to the church. So what happened in that wheelbarrow?
2: Yeah, Chris. It, I mean, it was the spirit of God. There's no other way to say it. You know, those kids are dumping their coins in. We're crying. We came down and, and gave, and and then. I left. We just prayed and prayed and prayed, and and their finance team called me that afternoon, and and they said, Jeff, you wouldn't believe it, but the church just gave $1 million. I was like, what? (laughs) No way. I I, I thought they were kidding with me, you know, and they go, no, we're serious. And I was like – Only God. I just had to stop and praise God and worship. It was the fish and the loaves. I mean, that is the only way to describe it. You put a little in the hands of God, he multiplies it just like Jesus did with the fish and the loaves. And and we've seen God take that. You know, we were able by God's grace, that to be able to buy this building with the leases. It's it's just been an incredible story to see if you trust God with a little, you trust him, he's gonna take and do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or ever imagine.
0: What do you say to the church that's meeting in the school or in the theater now, and they're hearing that story that you just told? Are you promising them that they're going to give you that building and the leases? Uh,
2: No, not all. I mean, I think God has His plan for every church. You know, the church is God's church. I mean, we would have been happy in the in the school if if that's where God wanted us to stay. You know, I think our call—you have to know this—our call is to be obedient and not successful. Right. Our call is to be obedient to Christ. But being obedient means that we use everything that He's given us for His glory. And and so I think if you are meeting in that school or you are meeting in that, you know, apartment clubhouse or you're meeting, you know, somewhere and and you're praying, then just stretch. You know, I mean, we wouldn't have had it if we didn't ask. I mean, there had to be a point where we trusted God to put a wheelbarrow down front and to call our people to take a next step. And I think sometimes We just get, you know, comfortable in places, and we kind of stop. We go, we got our holy huddle, and we're happy with all of us. And yet Jesus calls us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And so I think for us, we, we can't become comfortable, especially in this day and time. We've got to always stretch. And God's given us those resources. They're out there. They're sitting in the chairs, the pews, wherever you are. And people just need to be asked. I mean, they're getting asked by everybody else, right? But the church doesn't ask a lot of times. Hmm.
0: Which takes us to Justice and Mercy International. Tell me about uh, that, because you're not only, you know, senior pastor there, Rolling Hills, but also president of Justice and Mercy International.
2: Yeah, Chris, that's a, another God story. You know, when we started, we had 15 people in, in this clubhouse, and, but we said it still can't be just about us. And uh, I just had a heart for doing missions anyway. I had a friend who called and said, hey, Jeff, would you bring a mission team to Moldova? And I said, where's Moldova? I mean, like 20 years ago, I didn't even know. Now everybody knows where Moldova is. It borders Ukraine. Uh, But the statistic he gave me was this country of 4 million people. And at that time, 60% of girls trafficked into prostitution into Eastern Europe came out of Moldova. And I got to tell you, it broke my heart. And I said, okay, we're we're going. And so we put it out there, and eight months later, it took 18 people and and went. And we fell in love with these precious kids. Um, By God's grace, he opened the door. We were in state-run orphanages. We went in, and, you know, kids are sleeping two to three to a cot, you know, one pair of shoes, one shirt, one short. That's it for the whole year. Uh, And we just said, God, how can you use us? And so we did a mission trip there. We went back the next year. The next year, we did – three trips. And then as a church, we're meeting in the movie theater. And we actually bought a house in Moldova for kids because when they left the orphanage at the age of 15, they have nowhere to go. They have nowhere to go. So can you imagine me at 15 and you're out on the streets? And, and so that's where these girls were so vulnerable to being trafficked or the boys ended up in organized crime or committing suicide. You never heard from them again. And, and we just said, God, we, we can't let that happen on our watch. And so we bought a house. Uh, We owned property in Moldova before we ever owned property in the United States. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it was just that's what God was calling us to. And it's been amazing. And so we started Justice and Mercy International, uh, a nonprofit, to do greater work. Now, today, we have four houses, two for girls, two for boys when they leave orphanages, and they end up can live there. And by God's grace, we're seeing kids coming to know Jesus. We're seeing them get jobs. They're getting into all kinds of education, and they're becoming Pastors and missionaries, and uh, God's doing an incredible work. Uh, and all glory to Him. We have over a thousand plus kids that we work with. We have 45 full time staff now in Moldova, um, indigenous, um, you know, incredible men and women and servants of Christ. And then we started working in the Amazon. And so we do work in the Amazon jungle as well. And that's, that's been incredible there, working with pastors and in villages. Um, so God's been good. And, and I'm thankful. And that's my heart, is just seeing the nations come to know Christ. Yeah.
0: I can't imagine the complexity, though, of of just a church, starting a church with all of the tax implications and, and what you have to send in, but then as to start a ministry and then an overseas and then to buy of property, you know, buy houses there so that these kids can get a house. I can't imagine the complexity of that without knowing the business world or having somebody on your team that knows it, right?
2: That's the thing, Chris. That's that's what I want to encourage every every church leader, you know, every person listening. I mean, there's people all around you. We we're blessed to have some great business people in our church who their heart is for Jesus. They, first and foremost, now God's given them a gift to, to make money or to run companies or businesses or to work in different fields, but man, they want to join in if they're just asked, if they're invited into the story. And so we've seen incredible people. I remember we were, you know, one of the people in our church and she had a big job and, and, you know, we were on a mission trip and we were coming back with a big team. And I just looked at her, I said, you know what? I feel like God's, calling you to help us lead this work that's happening in in Moldova. And she's like, yeah. She goes, but how much would you pay? You know? I'm like, we can offer you maybe half your salary. And she's like, okay, let me pray about it. I mean she prayed about it. She took the job. I mean and she's like, I don't know what's crazy that you asked me, you know, or that I took it. I mean, I think there's people who want to use every moment of their life, every resource they've been given to further God's kingdom. And as church leaders, that's our call is to help empower God's people. And so it is, it's complex, but God is, God is the God of, of not of confusion, but of competency. And God is the God of clarity and God is the God who has given us the opportunity. And so I think for every one of us, man, just the people around us, the resources around us, that God's given us an incredible opportunity right now.
0: A lot of vision and a lot of hope. And you can hear it in Jeff's voice today, the business of ministry, how to maximize God's resources for kingdom impact. It's our featured resource today at the website, chrisbabrielive.org chrisfabrylive.org. Click through to today's information. You'll see it right there. The Business of Ministry. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. The Business of Ministry. We're talking to Pastor Jeff Simmons today at the Radio Backyard Fence. I'm enjoying the conversation one of the things that you talk about here in the uh, in the book is integrity and I want to tell you a real quick story and see and get you respond to this Jeff there a few years ago this is back when we sold cassettes you know and and had cassettes of the of conversations and I got a letter that I opened one day, and you could tell from the handwriting it was from an older listener who had scrawled handwriting and said, you know, I'd like to have this, the tape of this program that you did. This was on a different program long ago. And uh, inside the envelope was a check and it was written out to Moody Radio and it was dated and it was signed, but it was the the amount was left blank. Mm -hmm. And I thought, number one, wow, this person really trusts us, you know, we're not going to put another number in there, yeah. but yeah. it also at the same time made me feel the weight of the weight of that trust, you know, th- mm-hmm. this, and, and there's nobody looking as I'm opening this and and seeing that, that there is this weight that you have, that you want to handle what God has entrusted to you. And I think it was at the time it was like $6 for, for a cassette mm-hmm. that included mailing, you know, um, but that that just struck that stuck with me i've always remembered that scrawled handwriting and the trust of someone on the other side talk about that yeah
2: no that that's amazing and chris cuz you know as god's people it's really god's money right and so if you're Uh, you know, pastoring or you're leading a ministry in any kind of capacity, if you're a lay person serving at church, I mean, it's God's money. And the financial integrity and the financial stewardship is a big part of the reason I wrote this, because you see that that doesn't happen out there in some organizations, and it's heartbreaking. I think people look at that, and they are turned off from even having a relationship with God because of the example of some people they see. And so every one of us, you can't let money Get a foothold of your heart jesus talks so much about that you know where your treasure is there your heart will be also and we always have to say it's my treasure in the world is my treasure in christ if my treasures in christ he's going to provide for me and so i want to be wise with the money i'm given but i don't want to worship the money right i'm not in this for the money at all and and so being financially responsible having integrity and character you know character is who you are when no one's watching and so when you sat there and you took that check and you wrote down Six dollars, man! You are living out your faith, and 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 that's powerful, Chris. And then I think for every Christian leader, God sees, God knows, and He judges our hearts.
0: Okay, put this into a the book that you've written, then, because we had a, a caller yep. who was asking, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book, and I I don't want to focus on the earnings; I want to be faithful. Um, with this, I you know I hope you sell a million copies. You know, that'd be a wonderful thing for you and for the publisher but if that doesn't happen is it not a success how do you how do you judge that and the earnings that come from it
2: yeah i mean i don't think it's a, it's about money like money can't take a hold of your heart right and so like i said earlier right it's about obedience and not success i i didn't need to write a book it's not like you know, I'm going to make a lot of money on this book. And if you sell a million copies, I mean, I want to give it all away. I would love to give it all to Justice Mercy International or to Rolling Hills or to you know Moody, to people who are doing great work for the kingdom. I think that's the beautiful part. If you're in business and, or you've made a lot of money in different places, you have the opportunity to really fan into a flame of the work that God's doing. And so taking that money, like Barnabas, selling the field and laying the money at the apostles' feet, I mean, what an incredible privilege. I mean, we can't take any of this money with us anyway, right? You don't see a hearse pulling a U-Haul, right? The old saying says, you know. So, you know, there's a whole movement on Wall Street called Die with Zero, and you see like Warren Buffett giving away half his wealth. And, but the fact is, he's not taking the other half of the wealth with him either, you know. So, right. so it's all going to be used or by somebody. So we have the opportunity to appoint where that's going to go. You know, Paul said a worker's worth his wages. So there, there is time where, you know, if you're in ministry, then, you know, you have your needs met and those kind of things. But anything over that, man, it ought to be going back into the kingdom. It ought to be just building up treasures in heaven. So not just investing in this world, um, but being good stewards of what God's entrusted to you.
0: What do you wish someone would have told you before you went into ministry about this topic?
2: I wish somebody would have said, You know, be sure and and do some business training uh, just to be a good steward. If you're you're, whatever you're in, have some kind of just background, and whether it's a book, uh, whether it's online, just have some knowledge. And I think a lot of pastors or or leaders get in trouble because they don't – and they're not ill-will at all. It's just mistakes that you make, and if it's accounting mistakes or if it's with the state or the government, you know. There's a lot of things that people just don't know. So taking the time, the two second thing I would say is get some godly people around you in this area. There's people in your church. There's people in your life. You know, maybe you're not good with finances. You know, get a mentor and be willing and be open. You know, that's Christian community. That's the body of Christ working together and having godly people around you to help you. It that's awesome. Be authentic. Be vulnerable. Be real. Um, But that get help in the. Spots, you know that same right. Program to your strengths, staff to your weaknesses, get people around you that can help you. If maybe this isn't your strong suit, or buy the book and maybe it can help. Uh, or there's other books that are out there that are great as well. So,
0: you write poorly. Run churches and nonprofits do not make as significant an impact as they could, and do not bring honor to the one whose name we proclaim. We must become the best we can uh, become for the glory of God. You really believe that.
2: I really believe that. I really do. I mean, Jesus told the parable, right? I mean, you think about the parable of the talents, and, you know, the one who gave, you know, five, you know, you you just, you see ten and five and two, and well done, good and faithful servant. But to the one, he's like, you wicked, lazy servant. You took and buried it. You could have put it on hold with the bankers and gotten interest at least, but you did nothing. That wasn't me saying that. Jesus saying that. So, I mean, Jesus was a little bit stronger, right? Wicked, lazy servant. Uh, take what he had and give it to the one who had the most. I mean, right? So that's the thing I think that we've got to say is, is, okay, you know, whether you have five talents and it becomes ten or whether you have two and it becomes, you know, four. But, but you, whatever God's entrusted to you, the little or the much, take that and invest it for the glory of God. Do something with it that's going to yield a return and make a significant impact and significant difference, right? Just try. Just try. You know, and step out of your comfort zone and do something that God can take and do miracles, right? That drill barrel will always be a miracle to me. And, and God's done miracle after miracle after miracle. But you've got to take that step of faith, too, to watch God work
0: so it is it is both hands it's really believing God it? that yeah and and what he's calling you to do and this the thing that broke your heart about Moldova and then you know in, oh. in the Amazon that you just allow God to draw you toward that and in a sense you're follow you're not getting out in front of him you're following him
2: right exactly when God stirs your heart, you have to step out in faith, right? But, you know, it's, it's God who's directing and leading. That's the power of the Holy Spirit working in every Christ follower. But there comes that moment of obedience, and and I think there's a lot of people who are scared to take that step. But don't be scared. Don't live in fear. Live in faith. You know, go forward in Christ because our goal, right, is to stand before God one day and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And we're not good on our own merit. No, it's only by the grace of God that we're covered in the righteousness of Christ that we are made good, but we can be faithful. And so every opportunity we can, we can be faithful with what He's entrusted to us, the assets, the resources, the time, the ability, the money that God's given us. How do we invest it so it yields a return, you know, 30, 60, 100 fold for the glory of God?
0: You know, we did get to talk about goals and sometimes I get get stuck on these goals, you know, that I have or that others have. And we had a, a guest on a couple of years ago who talked about uh, goals are great in, in one year, two year, five, three, you know, five year, ten year, but you have to be ready to pivot and to to yeah. move with the opportunities that come with you. So make your goals, make your plans, but be ready to take advantage of the opportunities God brings up. Do you agree with that?
2: I completely agree. I, I think you know, Moldova. That wasn't on our radar. We were planning a church, and and God stirred and said, "Go on a mission trip." and and we, we did. We trusted. And then God just kept opening door after door after door. And, you know, even, man, just a couple months ago, we had our big JMI event and tutor stood up, a kid who we met in the orphanage and who had no hope and no help. And here he is, you know, like 15 years later and married and he has a daughter, another one on the way. He's walking with the Lord. He's serving in his church. God's using him to impact a country of Moldova and Many ways, and I just started weeping, and I thought, "Oh God, that's only you." It's yes. only we could have stayed in the clubhouse and been comfortable with the fifteen people. I mean, I love those people, right? But God said, "No, trust me, invest, and watch what I'll do for my glory."
0: You can hear the excitement in Jeff's voice there, and it's uh, the the book is "The Business of Ministry: How to Maximize God's Resources for Kingdom Impact." It's our featured resource. Go to chrisfabrylive.org. dot Thanks for listening. Our program's a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.